You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 179. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey everyone, it's Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body Podcast, and I hope you are hanging in there. Now, I never know when you're going to listen to this podcast. It could be now, which is right in the heat of the coronavirus in 2020, or it could be three years from now, right? But yes, we are currently all in these uh, stay-at-home, shelter-type situations, or most of us are, and it's a scary time. And that's okay. I hope you're all safe and I hope you're following the guidelines to stay home because that's definitely what is best right now. But I also know it's time to move on in many ways, meaning I don't want to focus so much on the coronavirus for the next several podcasts because we need to be moving on in all ways of life and and talking about other topics as well. So Eagle's Eye on Health is about the coronavirus today because it's just some tips that might actually be of interest to you. But other than that, from what I've heard from my clients, they don't wanna talk about it anymore. They don't wanna hear about it anymore. So we're gonna keep the podcast moving forward with health, fitness, and nutrition information, all right? Well, we will talk about all of that and more, but today's focus is what I call the thief of joy. And you've probably heard about the thief of joy before. That is a quote, and it is in relation to comparison. Why comparison should really not exist for any of us, meaning we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to anyone else at any time because there are so many variables. There's almost never a playing field that is a fair playing field in order to compare yourself in a fair situation. And we're even gonna talk about comparing to yourself because I had a sort of revelation today about should you even compare to yourself. And I wanna point out some exact examples that you likely do daily, which are truly robbing you of your life's joy. So we're going to talk about all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, we are going to finish up our talking about the coronavirus. But what we're going to talk about is the fact that I came across this article and it said, do you need to sanitize your food to protect against coronavirus? And there is a lot of information right now going around. And I thought this is really important because when we do go to the market, which hopefully is not that often, I hope you can stock up for a good amount of time so that you don't have to be outside. But when you bring that food back, do you need to sanitize it? And how should you handle your food? So that's what we're gonna talk about in our Eagle's Eye on Health, the coronavirus, how to handle the food you buy in a safe way. Well, the good news, coronavirus is not foodborne. That means you can't get the coronavirus by ingesting food. You can get it from people, of course, who's, uh, those who sneeze or they cough or they exhale the coronavirus, which is why we're told not to touch others nor stay too close to others and we need to be washing our hands often. 
But still, do you need to worry about how you handle food? What if someone sneezed on the apple that you buy at your market, right? Can you still eat your steak rare? What about sushi? Is it safe to eat at a time like this? Well, in this article, they talked to two food scientists at Rutgers University, and this is what they had to say. The first question was, experts say the coronavirus is not foodborne, yet they strongly suspect animals in China, in a food market no less, were the likely source of the initial infection. So does that mean that it is foodborne? One of the scientists said, it's thought that the virus was transmitted by animals, not by eating them, but by having close proximity to the animals. Viruses can actually jump between species, and that's what most likely happened. Most probably, it was a respiratory transmission. The next question for them, do I need to wash fruits and vegetables for a longer time due to the coronavirus? And do I need to sanitize them with soap? One of the scientists answered with, wash your fruits and vegetables as usual, or even with a little warm soapy water. We should always wash our fruits and vegetables. That is just good safety practice. So don't go crazy about what you have to do. You don't have to sanitize it in some different way, but definitely be washing your fruits and vegetables right now with a little bit of warm soapy water is a good idea. The next question, what about meat? While the virus is not foodborne, what if the butcher has coronavirus and touched the meat? Can I now get the virus? Well, according to the scientists, <laughs> the scientists actually said, scientists will never say anything is at zero risk, but I'm not worried at all about getting the coronavirus from food. Hypothetically, yes, perhaps your piece of meat could have the, vir the virus on it, but your stomach acids would kill it. Plus, the coronavirus is not equipped to get through your intestines walls, which is how foodborne disease makes you sick. And the other scientists mentioned cooking that meat would kill the virus as well. So that doesn't seem to be something you have to worry about. And then our final question in the article was, what about all the paper bags that the food comes in? Do I need to worry about them? Scientists answer, there's no scientific data that's related to that. It's believed that the virus can survive on cardboard for 24 hours, on steel or wood for maybe three days. So the mantra in food science is, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, and cook your food. So there you have it, Eagle's Eye on Health, quick coronavirus final tip for this illness right now. But it is important that you do probably take a slightly higher precaution bringing your food home right now from the market, meaning go ahead and wash that fruit, wash your vegetables, a little warm soapy water, cook your food. You don't have to worry about the meat. Go ahead and cook it fully right now. And really, again, you hear it over and over, but it is the truth. Wash your hands as much as you can. Stay safe, everyone, all right? All right, back to the thief of joy, which is a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. And it's so true that comparison is the thief of joy. 
With social media, I personally think comparisons have become X-fold in our life. Like it's hyper comparison. It's almost all you do when you look at social media. You look at this person and you compare your body to hers. You look at this person and you compare her fancy car to yours. You look at everybody and you compare. And it truly does cause for many people depression, anger, or even a sense of overall defeat for many people, like you just can never be good enough. But I am here to tell you why we all need to stop comparing. You need to stop because you are never comparing most of these things on a fair playing field. And this is what I mean by that. People compare, primarily compare, their money that they have, their beauty, happiness, or even their actual body, right? Those tend to be the things that people are looking at and comparing to their own. Well, the first one is weight. You look at a picture on social media or on television or in a magazine or your girlfriend who lives next door, and you think, why is she at that weight? Why is she so skinny and I'm not? This is a very common comparison. Why, why, why? Okay, not a fair playing field. Doesn't matter who she is. I don't care who you're comparing yourself to. There are so many variables in a person's body. Your hormones are gonna affect your weight. And what are the odds that your hormones are the same level as her hormones, right? And if you're even comparing your weight to someone else who's a different age than you, don't. Because that, again, is a variable. Weight changes as we age. Bodies change as we age, right? What about stress levels? Stress and cortisol release, that's gonna affect your weight. How do you know that your stress level is the same as your neighbor's stress level? Even illness plays a role in your weight. I don't know if you follow me on social media, but in the last month and a half, I have found out that I had a thyroid issue. Right before I was supposed to go in for hip surgery, the week before, I had blood work done, regular annual blood work, and it showed that my thyroid was off the charts abnormal for hyperthyroidism. Now, hyperthyroidism affects your weight greatly. Hypothyroidism affects your weight greatly. And we will definitely do a thyroid episode so I can explain a lot of these differences that I know oh so well now. But just saying you can't compare because someone's illness of having a thyroid issue would be different than yours. And just side note, my thyroid is actually fine. It was caused from a virus. So I am heading back into the normal direction, thankfully. So that's weight. Now, how many people compare their body? Probably the number one thing we compare. Now, I'm not just talking weight. Now, I'm talking your body. You know what I'm talking about. How big your breasts are. How much cellulite you have. Why is her tummy flatter than mine? What about how long and sexy her legs are? How much comparing do you do of your body to someone else's body? Why? It is not a fair playing field. The biggest reason is genetics. My body will never be anybody else's. Your body will never be anybody else's because of genetics alone. Well, of course, there's other factors that affect our body, our nutrition, our exercise, our stress, our sleep. But genetics 
is a huge thing that is always going to make us not on the same playing field. You want to hear a perfect example? Look at the Kardashians. I have never seen the tushies that they have. I'm going to say tushies because I know we have young people who still listen to this podcast. Uh, Booties, how about that? The Kardashians have a serious booty. That is genetics. I mean, I have never seen a shape like that, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying you want to talk about a body, a body type, the Kardashians have a very interesting genetic booty. Okay, so stop comparing your body to someone else's body, your cellulite to someone else's non-cellulite leg. Again, variables, age, genetics, hormones, even medications, all these things are going to affect the body. So what's the point in comparing if you're not on the same playing field? Now, what about this one? This person has X amount of likes on social media, like Instagram. My Instagram picture only gets this many likes. Why do they have so much more? Now, if you're in business like me, this one becomes more relevant. Personally, if you're just on Instagram with your family photos and whatnot, you might not care about social media likes, but maybe you do. Maybe you look at a friend and you're like, why did her kid's picture get 600 likes? You know, now when, when it's business like myself, I do understand. I feel the same way. I feel like, oh my God, why did that trainer get 300 likes. And sometimes I look at the video and I'm like, okay, they don't even have good form. So this is very interesting to me. But here's the thing. It's not a level playing field, even on social media. You want to know why? Well, in business, a lot of people pay for their likes. Can you believe that? That's one thing I will never do because it is the most inauthentic way to get people to like your stuff. So there's paid likes, which is terrible, but it it happens. Trust me, you see people out there with 30,000 to 100,000 followers. They pay for followers and uh, it's, it's a whole system and a whole game. So why even compare to others? Some people are on social media and they have a million friends. But you know what? Maybe those friends are just acquaintances and they want to see how many friends they can have follow them so that they can have even more likes on a picture. Do you really want a zillion acquaintances or do you want real friends on your social media? The last thing is that really affects social media probably more than anything, well, other than paid. But uh, how long have they been on the platform? A lot of these people who have been on the platform since Instagram started, they will always have the most number of followers. And when you have higher followers, you're going to have more likes. And it's a reality. I can't catch up to people who were doing what I do, but they were on Instagram in the first year of Instagram because I didn't start Instagram until several years later. But at the end of the day, does how many likes I got on a photo matter? to how many likes another trainer got. Or no matter what you do, if you're in the decorating business and you look at your picture of a kitchen and this other decorator's kitchen and she got 600 likes and you got 200, does it really matter? Not if you're giving it your all and if you're putting authentic information on your social media. That should be all that worries you. Now, how about this one? That woman, I say women and I talk women because 95% of my followers are women. A lot of women look at another woman, whether it's on social or magazines or TV and shows, and they say, 
She is so much sexier than me. Oh, come on. Have you never looked at a woman? I mean, I definitely have. And I'm like, wow, that is a sexy woman, right? Now, I have to say, I just finished reading a book called Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle. And it was, it's a beautiful book. It's a memoir that she wrote. And she goes into a little bit about sexy. And this is what she tells her daughters. And I just want to share it with you. Because the next time you look at a woman and think she's sexier than you, I want you to think about this. This is what she says. Her daughters ask her, what does sexy really mean? She says, I think sexy is a grown-up word to describe a person who's confident that she is already exactly who she was made to be. A sexy woman knows herself and she likes the way she looks, thinks, and feels. She doesn't try to change to match anybody else. She's a good friend to herself, kind and patient. And she knows how to use her words to tell people she trusts about what's going on inside of her, her fears and anger, love, dreams, mistakes, and needs. When she's angry, she expresses her anger in healthy ways. When she's joyful, she does the same thing. She doesn't hide her true self because she's not ashamed. She knows she's just human, exactly how God made her, and that's good enough. She's brave enough to be honest and kind enough to accept others when they're honest. When two people are sexy enough to be brave and kind with each other, that's love. Sexy is more about how you feel than how you look. Really sexy is letting your true self come out of hiding and find love in safe places. That kind of sexy is good, really good, because we all want and need love more than anything else. Wow, when I read that the first time, I was kind of taken back. I was like, that is a new way to see sexy. Because normally we see sexy as a beautiful high heel shoe, legs for days, maybe full cleavage, a great back, sophisticated. I mean, everybody has their own image of sexy, right? But when I read her definition of sexy, I really found it beautiful because it really is about who you are, not who you want to be or think that you should be because that is really comparison. Now, another thing that people compare all the time is sort of the economic standpoint. So your income or how about your car? People, you know, they look at the car. Why does she have that car? Why does he have that car? And I only have this one. Let me tell you something right here. When you look at someone and what they have in that way, so the cars, the fancy houses, the fancy purses, you do not know what kind of debt they live in. Not everybody pays for things with money that they have. And sadly, a very high majority of people in our country especially use credit cards to pay for all kinds of fancy things that they don't have the money for. And they're in extreme debt. So the next time you go to compare your car or that Louis Vuitton bag this woman has that you don't have, just remember, they may be in severe debt because of it. And who cares what they have? What do you have that you love? Don't want the Louis Vuitton purse just because it's super expensive and so many people want it. 
Do you even love it? I have to tell you personally, I think Louis Vuitton bags are the most boring looking bags I've ever seen. It's amazing to me what people will pay for them. But if you love it, that's awesome. But buy the things you love, not the things that other people have that you think would make you fancy as well. Now, let's take it to a different level. Not the body, not your weight, not your finances. What about your workouts? So I see people on Peloton and they have these leaderboards, right? And you can see how, how you're doing on the leaderboard compared to 100,000 other people who have taken this class. I'm gonna tell you right now, go ahead and stop looking at the leaderboard on Peloton because the bikes are not created equal. What I mean by that is the bikes are not calibrated the same. Now, if you have the newest bikes, you might be closer in calibration to another person that has a new bike. But if you look at what people are pushing in terms of watts on the older bikes, it's sort of off the charts in power. It's hard for me to believe what I see sometimes because I know it can't possibly be accurate. And it's simply because the calibration on the bikes are all different. So don't worry about what someone else is getting on Peloton. Only look at what you get. And don't look at two classes on Peloton. Like if you take an hour class with this instructor and then an hour class with that instructor, don't compare your powers because they were different classes. So not a fair playing field, right? You could really only compare the same exact class. If you wanna see if you're getting stronger, take the same exact class, and that way you might be able to see if you do better in terms of power. But you gotta get off the leaderboard comparisons. And there are other platforms that are doing the same thing. And I just simply think that you've gotta put it in perspective. Another um, example would be like Orange Theory, they do the heart rate monitor, you know, testing, and you can see it on the boards. Again, I don't think all the heart rate monitors are super accurate. Sometimes it has to do with battery level as well. And not only that, but to compare your physical achievements to someone else is really pointless because of the endless variables that impact a workout. Things like how much sleep did you get last night? Because if you were up all night with your baby, and the person next to you in Orange Theory got a great night's sleep, I can promise you their heart rate is gonna show better in their workout, right? So illness would be another one. If you were sick and the person next to you <laughs> at Orange Theory isn't sick, they're gonna show up better with their heart rates. Someone who's overtraining, they're not gonna show up very good with their heart rate, and that could be you. Maybe you're working out too much, that's gonna impact, and if you compare, it would be a shame because Two people are not the same, right? So there's no reason to compare yourself to anyone on any platform when it comes to exercise. But it also goes to racing, right? So I have a lot of clients and I have a lot of followers who are marathoners and triathletes and Ironmen and swimmers. Don't compare your race time to somebody else because again, Think of the variables. Do you guys get the same amount of sleep? Was one person sick? 
Where are you in your menstrual cycle? Did you know that your menstrual cycle actually does impact your workouts? And just so you know, if you're taking, if you're gonna do the willpower workout program, one piece of the education talks about your monthly cycle and menopause and how these things affect exercise. So if you're racing and you're comparing times, what about also the fact that you might've had a different coach, a different training plan? And what about the person who's been running since high school, cross country, track, and comparing them to someone like myself who just started running in my mid thirties? It's like you cannot compare these things, nor should you, because it's not going to benefit you. It's not going to make you any faster. And if anything, it's just going to sort of depress you or make you feel defeated, right? Now, this next part of the conversation was going to be about me telling you that the only person you want to compare yourself to is yourself. And I was going to go into all these things. I had it all outlined out and I was going to say, you know, compare your race time to the last time you raced and you should only worry about your own weight and compare it to this and that. And then something happened this morning. So I was on my bike this morning and I took what's called an FTP test. Now what that is, it's 20 minutes on a bike where you basically push as hard as you can for 20 minutes. Well, I realized very quickly today, as I was dying in my 20 minute test, that there was no way that I could compare my FTP time today to the last time I did an FTP test probably over a year ago. Why is that? Well, for one, I'm on a different bike right now, so that's always going to change everything. I'm using a different system to determine what the FTP is. I'm in a different place mentally. You know, the last time I was doing FTP tests, I was doing Ironmans and triathlons and marathon training, and I was at a different place mentally and physically than I am today. I mean, right now I had to still have a hip tear because I wasn't able to get surgery. I'm recovering from a thyroid issue as well. And I'm sort of building myself back up. So how could I compare my FTP today to what it was before? And even going into the test, I knew my FTP would never be as high as back then when I was at my strongest, right? But it was irrelevant to even give myself a number that would make me happy or not happy today because I am a person today that I've never been before. I'm gonna be a different person tomorrow as well in terms of everything, right? Everything changes day to day. So instead of trying to compare my FTP and get off the bike and be disappointed, I really just looked at it as this is my number and this is where I am today. There's no reason to compare it to anything before, even though it was my own, I'm comparing to myself, but you even can't compare anything to yourself because there's so many variables, right? So even if you did a race, so you know, a lot of us are marathoners, a lot of my followers are, and when I run a marathon, of course I am always trying to get faster. Really the best way to compare a marathon, you have to run the same marathon, which is why I keep running Chicago. (laughs) I've run it three times. And that is one of the best ways to see if you're getting faster if you do it on the same course. But truly, not a fair playing field because no day is the same. 
Weather alone could change everything in a marathon. So if it's a hot day versus a cold day, again, like I said before, if you're if you have your period when you're racing or if you're in ovulation stage, that can change everything as well. So there's so many factors. Did you sleep well? Were you getting sick? Did your training go exactly the same as last time? Too many variables, no point in comparing. Even your body. Do you look at your body today and and ask yourself and question what happened? (laughs) I get it. I've been there. Don't worry. I'm not telling you guys to, to be these perfect people who never have a negative thought. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I think what happened too. It's not just you. But I also think what are we comparing it to? High school? College? If I told you how many people compare to their pre-baby body before I had kids or even after I had kids, but it was 20 years ago, stop. The body you have today is the body you have today for a million great reasons, okay? Now, if you don't like your body and you don't feel good and you're not healthy, then let's do something about it. But there's no point in comparing your body today to what it was at another time. And another thing is, just overall workout achievements, not just races, but just workout achievements. Don't compare what you did once to what you do today. What you really need to focus on is did I give it my all? So if you take an FTP bike test and you gave it your all, like you got to the 20 minute marker and had nothing left to give. That was me this morning, okay? Does it matter what I once had as an FTP score, even though today was so much lower? It doesn't because today I gave all that I had with my body today. If I run a marathon and I give it my all and I hit that finish line throwing up like I did in this last Chicago marathon, shouldn't that be enough? That was all I had that particular day. So just think about it because how we think and the words that we use in our mind are so powerful to everything that we do in our life. I really want you to just focus on giving it your all. We have to stop worrying about what others are achieving and we just have to continue to be a better person and to reach our own goals at our own pace. Personally, I'm completely over how people look, what people have, how nice their house is, what car they might drive. I mean, those things never really drove me. I've never been that person, but I'm more over that stuff more than ever in my life right now. All I care about for me personally is personal peace of mind, my family's health and happiness, my health, none of that comes from comparing anything to others. So even though it's tough to do, I just really want to try to help you remember that there are so many variables going on right now that the next time you wanna compare yourself to someone else, just stop, just stop. And if there is someone on Facebook that continually kind of gives you that feeling that you are always comparing to them, there's this amazing feature called unfriend or delete. (laughs) 
It's okay to unfriend someone or take them off your social media. You don't need a daily reminder if for some reason they give you a negative vibe in your day. Just get rid of that. They don't even have to know about it. When you unfriend someone, they never find out. They don't know, okay? So just go ahead, unfriend or unfollow, you can do on Facebook, because we just don't need that in our life. Life is too short, we can see with all that's going on right now, these are not the things that we need to worry about. So let's focus on what truly matters. Just be the best person that you can be today. Love to you all. No more thief of joy in your life, but rather be the giver of happiness. How about that? Wouldn't it be so much better to give and be happy than to have the comparing and the thief of joy in your life. That's all for today. Just so you know, the Willpower Workout Program is almost starting. I'm so excited and I know everybody's ready for it to launch. I have opened up more space in the program because of the coronavirus. It starts April 20th. Please check it out online and join this amazing group. It's gonna be a fantastic group support group. 16 videos, 21 day calendar. You get access to everything for a full year. Go to willpower. So it's W-I-L-L-P-O-W-H-E-R.com. Or as you know, you can always email me directly, Kim at EarnThatBody.com. I'm always happy to help pick a program that fits your goals as best as possible. That's it, everyone. Earn That Body, always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information that you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.